Are you looking to expand your brand this year? Want to make your business stand out above the rest? Well, there's no better way to grow than with your own podcast. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a small business, or a massive company, you need a podcast in 2024. Podcast Plus is an easy and efficient way for you and your brand to join the podcast revolution. There's no better way to position your company as the go-to authority than with a podcast that showcases your industry knowledge, insights, and expertise. The studios at Podcast Plus are state-of-the-art with top-of-the-line production quality. And if you're just starting out, Podcast Plus offers professional script writing, editing magic, and can conceptualize your show, create your cover art, and get you ready to stream on all major platforms. We'll market your podcast as well, showcasing it on radio stations and digital streams across the country. Expand, enhance, and extend your company and brand and reach potential clients and customers 24-7. Find out more at podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. That's podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. Five, four, three, two, one. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. A confirmed attack is taking place against the United States. Aliens from an unknown location have been reported in multiple states. We are controlling transmission. There is another world that awaits, far beyond what we can see and feel. A place that's anything but ordinary. What you believe might not be. Step into the zone of the best unknown. UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, conspiracies and cover-ups. And to the paranormal we go. Tonight, it's UFOs and aliens. It's going to be all about ghosts on All Hallows' Eve. Join us for three hours of dead air there. Tonight, though, on the program, it's Alien Expose. We're going to be talking about, in particular, whistleblowers. Whistleblowers who have come forward with evidence that they claim to possess uh, possess evidence of non-human species. This is evidence that has seemingly been covered up by the government, or if you believe the claims uh, that both Mr. Grush, Stephen Greer, his organization, and others have made, that this is even above the congressional level, that this is a shadow government that is operating within these secrets. So whether it's information covered up by the government or it has been kept from them, these whistleblowers are now coming forward and revealing themselves. The result to this has been Congress coming up with legislation in which they use that UAP terminology, unidentified anomalous phenomenon, which I never thought I would really see in my lifetime. Of course, back then it was UFO, then it became UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, and now the aerial has uh, changed to anomalous, because seemingly these things don't just operate within the air. So there's this legislation that, of course, we just talked about last week on the program to protect those who speak out, those who uh, blow the whistle, so to speak, on the secrets that our government is in possession of, but is doing their darndest to keep secret. 
This legislation also encourages others to come forward, although it doesn't incentivize them, so to speak. It promises that, hey, we won't prosecute you if you have some sort of extraterrestrial secrets and you don't come forward with it, which is the legislation uh, that we discussed last week. Basically, there's a set time period for anybody, if you're a former government contractor, or even a government employee, will protect you if you bring it forward and hand it over to us. And of course, then what happens from there is anybody's guess. So it has been a very momentous year. It really did start in early June when David Grush appeared in an article and on television basically saying that the government is in possession of UFO wreckage, extraterrestrial, or as he called them, non-human entities, and that, you know, we basically have been doing a good job of keeping this quiet and silencing witnesses. Uh, There was a momentous disclosure hearing that happened uh, from Stephen Greer's organization shortly thereafter. Preceding that was the NASA study group meeting in May, uh, the, the previous UFO hearing that happened back in April. And then, of course, because of Mr. Grush coming forward, we saw an additional hearing in July. And the NASA study group delivering their report just a couple of weeks ago. Arrow, the Aldomate Anomaly Resolution Office, now has a website that is up and somewhat operational. You still can't report your sighting there. And, of course, within the past eight days, the annual UAP report has been released. So to say there's absolutely nothing new going on in ufology and all there is to talk about is washed-up stories of days gone by, uh, you're just not paying attention if that is the conclusion that you have come to. Tonight we welcome John Stewart, who is, well, he's been researching for more than 20 years the topics of UFOs and cryptozoology. He's a former professional wrestler. Him and I share that in common. Uh, I'm actually a huge, huge pro wrestling fan. And here, here's just a, uh, uh, John will appreciate that. John, I was watching AEW tonight, all right? And I usually watch that before the show on Wednesday nights. Uh, but we had to do a switcheroo here. We had another show planned, and then something happened with that. And so I had to scramble together putting the show while I'm kind of half watching the wrestling show. And then once John says, yes, I can come on the program on short notice, I had to stop everything that I was doing. So I only got through half of tonight's wrestling. So we share that in common. He's a former professional wrestler. I'm a professional wrestling fan. In fact, I'll be going to the AEW show here in Portland in just a couple of weeks. But he's also a uh, former candidate for the United States House of Representatives, most recently a libertarian candidate for Illinois governor, was also a candidate for president of the United States, but suspended his campaign to finish the documentary Inside Area 51 and the book Hunting Victor, the worldwide hunt for the alien whistleblower Victor, which will be out later this this year. And this week, uh, John delivered the findings of his study into an alien retention and interrogation program operated by the U.S. government. Took it right to the Capitol. Good to have you here, John. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, it's always uh, 
very special when someone will let me uh, explain and and talk about uh, this bizarre five-year journey that I've been on. Um, what what I call the pedal to the metal of the uh, the worldwide hunt, literally for um, who Victor was, the man that came forward in 1997 and said, "Look." Um, I was part of a cabal to smuggle a three-minute film out of a underground facility south of Area 51, and uh, it's an interrogation of a, an extraterrestrial, and, and here it is, and, and trying to prove that the, the government program to retain and interrogate these beings um, is real. And uh, so I am happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So you uh, knew this information, or at least... Uh, had briefed parts of our government about this before David Grush came forward. This is not something that, that you're correct. bringing to light after he came forward. Thank you for bringing that up in the in the beginning, folks. Um, you know, although an interested ufologist for for you know as long as I can remember, um, I I approached this as an investigative journalist, and you know what I'm about to tell you today, tonight, and. You know, however deep we go into it or not, but uh, just remember something. I approached this as an investigative journalist, um, and that's how I remain with this. I, I simply wanted to find the truth um, of this video. Was it a hoax? Was it real? Um, and uh, stopping at that, um, I, in August of last year, uh, you know, I took this investigation to two journalists from the New York Times. We met at a hotel in Midtown Manhattan and an hour and a half into the presentation, they looked at me and waved their arms and said, stop, stop. We believe you, you know, because of the, and I'm not bragging. I'm just, I'm just stating the fact because of the rigorous vetting that I did with every single piece of evidence that came across my plate and that I investigated you know, vetting, triangul triangulating sources, uh, vetting sources up to three different levels, you know, which is really rigorous journalistic integrity. And because I wanted to, when I finally came to the UFO world, you know, you people are the only people that matter to me, the American people, not uh, some dimwit con congressman, um, that you could at least say to your family, your friends, to yourself, you know, that, that ex-wrestler guy, Really worked his ass off. <laughs> whether I believe it or not, or whether I whether whether um, I believe where his conclusions have taken this, this guy really did his 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 homework and really did his job investigating every single piece of evidence, and um, and so I uh, I took this in August uh, to uh, to the to the New York Times, um, and in August I sent it to every media outlet in Chicago. Um, then, uh, that was August of last year, remember? And then Martin Luther King day, I took it to Congressman Gallagher of Wisconsin who, who wrote the, uh, 2023 NDAA amendment. And, uh, and then, um, uh, two weeks before David Grush appeared, I actually hand delivered this investigation to Tim Burchett. And then all of a sudden, voila. I find it, I find it funny, and and maybe maybe I'm jumping to conclusions. I don't think I am to some to some degree. 
And all of a sudden, on the day that John Stewart is handing this investigation over to Tim Burchett and Stephen Greer, who this investigation is with, by the way, this investigation is with Project Disclosure, and Stephen Greer and I um, have been working uh, together. Uh, um, uh, me, me, actually, the the boots on the ground, and Stephen and, and Dr. Greer, you know, uh, taking the, taking in the information and and guiding me and you know, telling me where I need to go next. Uh, so I want to get that the question. Sure. But the day that Dr. Stephen Greer has the disclosure project and John Stewart takes this investigation to Timber Chat, uh, the congressman who's been, you know, earmarked to dis- to to investigate this, you know, two weeks later, oh, hey, a, a special agent with a few clearance shows up in, on Capitol Hill and says exactly what John Stewart has been telling people since August of 2022, which is simply that in the past, the United States government has had a program, uh, unacknowledged special access program called Project Aquarius. And that it was simply the, uh, the retention and the interrogation of extraterrestrial uh, beings and the reverse engineering of their craft and the uh, hyper-examination of biological tissue. It's the examination of their, of their, uh, of their uh, craft as far as, as far as life support and navigation and, and avionics and, and metallurgy and so on and so forth. And so, um, you know, and uh, I just find it incredibly, incredibly ironic that, you um, uh, you know, two weeks after we go to to Washington with this, uh, David uh, David Grush shows up, and uh, and just for on the record, and I'll stop here. Um, I one thousand percent believe David Grush for the simple fact is he held a holds a Q or held a Q Q clearance. He said exactly what John Stewart. Me, I talk in third person. I'm a former pro wrestler. I'm sorry. Exactly what John Stewart has been telling people for a a year before. And um, and I'm going to tell you why you should believe David Grush, and and hopefully believe me. Uh, but I tell you why you should believe believe David Grush because a month after he came out, there started to be hit pieces on his integrity and his character. And as um, James Files, the uh, the man who allegedly was one of the shooters on the grassy knoll, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. But James Files, um, who two FBI agents said he's one of the shooters on the grass, you know, once told me, John, I'm going to tell you something. First, the government, you know, or the shadow government, first they assassinate your character, then they assassinate your dog, then they assassinate you. And we'll have more with John Stewart right after this. I'm Jeremy Scott. Into the I'm Jeremy Scott, somewhere between the paranormal and the abnormal, into the paranormal, talking with John Stewart. Not not that John Stewart, this John Stewart, uh, a whistleblower of sorts on the, the subject of UFOs and aliens. Uh, John, it sounds like what you were alluding to before the break was, you know, keep your mouth shut or there may be some consequences. 
Yeah, uh, you know, what David Grush uh, has and is experiencing, I'm sure, is not fun. And um, like I said uh, before the break, they are starting to attack his character. And the minute I saw about that, I believe it was that he had some psychological um, counseling and whatnot, uh, a, a, a break from the government for some, uh, you know, some uh, some personal needs, uh, psychological needs. I, I, I turned to my wife and I'm like, well, there it is. We know he's telling the truth because now here comes the character assassination, exactly what uh, what James Files and, you know, so many other people have told me what the government does. It's, it's, it's the modus operandi. They, they're, they're, there's nothing original. And, um, you know, I commend David Grush. Um, uh, I, I commend him for backing up uh, what I have been telling people and having every single person from the media roll the rise. Do you know how embarrassing that was for me? You know, I, I, I've been a respected candidate for government and um, coming forward with this somewhat bizarre story and, and having every single media person in Chicago that knows me go, what is this guy going, you know, loopy? And uh, so, I, you know, I, I, uh, I owe David Grush a lot because, uh, he just basically said, in 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 a matter of speaking, um, you know, the the crazy wrestler guy from Chicago uh, is right on the money of of the government's, you know, having biological beings and craft. Period. End of story. John, is your real name John Stewart? My real name is John Stewart. J O N S T E W A R T. Yeah. And uh, what is your background uh, as far as uh, being on the inside of some of this information? Okay, that that's the greatest. I think that's one of my that's one of my greatest uh, caveats is that I'm I'm not a UFO investigator. You know, I, I came at this with, um, uh, in 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 2019, a, a Hollywood producer that I knew called me and said, "Look, the, you know, we need a cheap documentary. You've come up with some great ideas in the past. You got anything?" And we were going back and forth, and I said, "Look, you know, this is." There's something that's always bothered me since 1997. There's this crazy, bizarre, um, non-CGI video, a two-minute, 56-second video brought out in 1997 of an alleged alien being interrogated in an underground government facility. And he said, you know, kind of looks, this is going to be too complicated. But he, it, although he passed on it, I it it renewed and reignited, and and again, I just I tell everybody I just wanted to know the truth. I thought I'd figure this out in two or three days, and you know, and when I ever attended a conference or something, I would tell people, oh yeah, I you know, I found a producer that has the alien animatronic doll in his garage. <laughs> you know, I would find something very mundane about it and prove it wrong, and and people said, hey who Victor is, you're going to prove the prove the film for the simple fact is that if Victor was an actor, well, we all know it's a hoax. If Victor was indeed a military person or a government employee, then we've got then we well, then we've got explaining to do. And um, I basically found out that Victor was a government biologist and retired at the time. Uh, didn't drive and seemingly came up with this hundred to hundred and fifty thousand dollar hoax videotape, which I find, you know, as most people do, have also that this would have been, you know, nearly impossible for a, 
you know, a government employee on a pension uh, who didn't drive to, you know, coordinate this incredible hoax. All right, we'll continue that with John Stewart. I'm Jeremy Scott. This is Paranormal News. NASA has run into a problem with unsealing the container with samples from the asteroid Bennu that was brought home by the OSIRIS-REx spacecraft last month. The touch-and-go sample acquisition mechanism is sealed too tight. It needs to be opened in a special box to limit contamination so scientists can study the sample in as pristine a state as possible. Over 70 grams of dirt from the asteroid around the collection arm has been recorded, but the main hall is not accessible yet because the team can't seem to get a few final fasteners off without removing the sample from the sanitized box. It's believed another 250 grams of dirt is inside the container. It could take weeks to find a solution, according to the team. George Henry, Paranormal News. Dramatic new details about the unidentified object. Shot down over the U.S. and Canada. They could identify no propulsion system. The object interfered with the plane's sensors. U.S. officials described it as an octagonal structure. I gave the order to take down these three objects. Have you ruled out aliens or extraterrestrials? There is no, again, no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity. The government hasn't just been lying for weeks. It's been lying for decades. Originating from a remote location, nearly as top secret as Area 51. Yeah, and if you believe that, you'll really like this show. Into the Paranormal. Alien expose. Has our government been in possession of extraterrestrial biological entities? Crashed UFOs. Talking with uh, UFO researcher John Stewart, whose documentary Inside Area 51, we heard parts of there. And uh, he's also got a book coming out about this whistleblower who's named Victor. Uh, Mid-90s comes out with this video. And uh, John was really giving us an idea about what it shows and how it came to be. So uh, please continue. So, you know, again, I came at this and approached this as I just want to find the truth. And I, I, I really hope that people understand that. And um, but I wasn't, an, uh, you know, I wasn't an investigator. I'm a, I'm a retired automobile dealer. You know, I, I believe life elsewhere. But I, you know, that that is meaningless to the fact of trying to prove this video. So, um, you know, with brevity, because I know we're short, we're short on time and, you know, don't have five hours to explain this. I just I just approach this as what would somebody from the New York Times do if they were tasked by their editor find out everything you can about this film who who made it who was part of it um, everything technical about it everything in it uh, find out what you can and I you know I I went I started with the physiological monitor that's to the right to the left of this alien of this being. This bizarre monitor where the blip goes up and down, it stays stationary, it does not go across the monitor. Um, I, I interviewed three PhD candidates who were doing the history of physiological monitors. 
They've never seen it before. Never, never, never could not tell me anything about it. I went to two engineering people from Hewlett Packard and Space Labs. They told me the same narrative. We have no idea what that monitor is. We have no idea what its purpose, what its purpose is because we've never seen it. These are five experts in the world telling me that the monitor in this alleged hoax video from a second tier production company that was putting out comedy videos has developed now the most high tech physiological monitor in history. Um, so I had that. I had that one as a, oh my God, what are we dealing with here? I then had the film actually analyzed by Bill Mums, who National Geographic hired to do the deep analysis of the Patterson-Gimlin film. He said, look, it appears that it was filmed on 16 millimeter film. He said, John, I can't tell you that it's unequivocally real, obviously. He said, but there's one strange thing. Every single animatronic or foam puppet doll ever made since the 50s until present day has a crease or creases right by the armpits because in the drying process they have to let the arms uh, droop down and that puts a crease and he goes and you can see it in every single animatronic figure ever made uh, since the 50s and I said yes and he said the alien in that video does not have any creases on its armpits and folks, I know it's dark at times, and I, I don't know if you're going to, new people, I'm sure will go just, it's, you know, just look up on YouTube, the 1997 Area 51 alien interview. It does show the torso a couple of times when the medics come in, the doctors come in and shine the porch light on the, the bean's body. You see the torso. And it was darkened by the production company. So it was not done, it was not that dark when it first came to the production company. And when you see the doll with the flashlights, you see that this, you know, or the alleged animatronic doll, um, it has no creases under its armpits. And here is a top uh, FX video specialist from Hollywood, you know, people that are totally skeptical saying, I have absolutely no idea how somebody created that without having creases under the armpits. And that's when I kind of had the holy cow moment, like, what am I dealing with? I've got, I've got a monitor, and I've got an expert. I got an expert telling me that the the alien doesn't look like it's been a, you know, that's a, that it's a Hollywood creation. And um, so I had, I had information, but I didn't have knowledge. So I started to go on web uh, podcasts, talk about, you know, my investigation up to that point to try and metastasize this investigation. Like many UFO researchers have done, whether that's going on radio or write books to see if somebody from the intelligence community or somebody that was in the program um, would come forward to help them with their research. You know, you get in, people get sent videos, they get sent photos or documents to their home or whatnot. And, and it worked for me too, because uh, in uh, uh, June of 2021, if I'm correct on that, um, I was actually emailed by a gentleman that I actually ended up calling the chairman and chairman a nickname for my whistleblower, and he basically had a contact in the Defense Intelligence Agency and basically told me everything that his contact knew about this film, and I I was stupefied. And this was after about nine months of questioning me and you know kind of loosely figuring out is this guy for real. Is this, you know, ex-wrestler going to, you know, is he serious about this? So on and so forth. And on my birthday on 20, in 2022, um, I was given um, a uh, 
transcript, uh, rephrased, you know, un, somewhat verbatim transcript of a defense intelligence agency report called an unauthorized viewing. They didn't say this film was smuggled. They just said this was an unauthorized viewing. And in the report, um, again, from a person at the defense intelligence agency who was transcribing this to my contact, who then sent it to me, I want to be specific about that. It basically gave the real date of the film, the time of the film, um, and who the names and ranks in 1991 of the military men that were behind the viewing glass partition in this uh, interview suite called the Ambassador Suite. And um, I was also given the facility name. It wasn't S4. It was S2 Alpha, the S2 Annex, um, which is the top facility, the top building of uh this entire complex at papoose lake and the nellis uh test and 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 missile range and this is just out of area 51 and i began i began to vet each one of the men's names on the list and um each one got more bizarre and more bizarre and um i actually contacted a widow of the doctor to the aliens right um and she told me that her husband was extremely secretive never wanted to talk about his time in the army medical corps I actually emailed one of the uh, Navy captains who retired a vice admiral, and we had this great, uh, this great, um, you know, email exchange back and forth. And when I finally um, approached him and sent him the report, he completely ghosted me. Here was a guy that I was going to go play golf and have lunch with in Virginia, and all of a sudden he's ghosting me when he sees the report. And I've had military people say, "Look." We're not going to lie to you. We're just going to ignore you once we know the the jig is up, or you know that that we don't want to we don't want to compromise ourselves. Another man on the list, and I know I'm I'm going through these, but I I think that's you know the time is of the essence. Another man on the list was a son of a famous World War II veteran, not Eisenhower or Patton, uh, just to be clear. And I found it funny his father was one of the first people sent to Germany to investigate after World War II to investigate and find any craft, if there was, uh, of the Nazi SS uh, UFO program. So I find that funny that his son is now, you know, in a deep underground facility watching this, this uh, I call it a QA, and a um, but this, uh, this thought projection interview of an extraterrestrial being. Let me just tell you uh, quickly about the being, what the, what the report says. It says that this was a four foot tall, uh, uh, other gray, a 40, uh, a 45, which means, um, oh, it's such a long explanation. And they termed this the other gray. This was kind of like the worker bee of, of the taller, uh, grays. This being had rounded eyes. It suffered from some sort of a respiratory issue. Um, and you can see when it starts to medically flag, it's coughing in the video and the, and the doctors have to tend to it. One of the men on the list uh, that I was shown, um, I found out he worked, was with the VA in, VA in 1991 and brought to this facility. Now remember the creatures having a coughing fit. And what did he do in 1991? He was a pulmonologist, you know, which has everything to do with breathing and lungs. And that's really, I fell off the chair. Like, how could somebody, you know, how could somebody, you know, pull that out of, uh, you know, such a bizarre, random doctor. This man's still practicing medicine in Connecticut. You know, so three, you know, and I've shown this list of Linda Bolton Howe, and she's like, this is 
in the UFO world, John, you have gold. And I said, why? She said, because not one man on this list is a UFO retread. I don't know any of these names. None of these names are familiar. And she said, you can Wikipedia or Google every single man on this list. And I said, yes. And she said, and you actually communicated with two of the men on this list. I said, well, I, I emailed one of the men. I've got the, the, uh, the answering machine, believe it or not, or voicemail of, of, of the World War II veteran's son. And I said, and I actually talked to the widow of one of the doctors. And the other doctor, his office refuses to take my calls anymore or my messages. And, it, and Linda Moulton Howell basically fell off the chair, too. She's like, this is, this, is, this is more explosive, if this is all true, than the Wilson memo. This is on par with Majestic 12 documents. She said the fact that these men, most of these men are still living in these, and no one's ever heard of them. She says, I, I lend a lot of credibility into this. So, you know, I had a list of people that were, were you know, that could be searched, that could be Wikipedia'd. I communicated with a widow. Uh, I emailed one of the one of the the, uh, the vice admiral who was a captain at the time on the list, and and I, I was really start starting to understand that you know as a you know upstart investigator that I had really fallen down the rabbit hole that this video most likely was accurate and authentic. So again, where and when did this uh, being in the video originate? The report from the DIA says that it came, uh, this planet of origination was uh, Tau Ceti, T-A-U-C-E-T-I. And that is from the, is the Zeta Recticular Star System, a planet in that star system. That is where this being uh, has orig was originated. It said that this being was a haploid. This was in the report, haploid which means he only came with one sexual chromosome. Uh, human beings are diploids. We have male and female. And this being only had one um, sexual uh, chromosome. Uh, the being came to the, the S2 Alpha facility uh, in 1989, but it came to a different receiving facility. Can I tell a very, very, very brief story? Yeah, please do. Um, Linda Moulton Howe has the recovery manual from, I believe it's the 60s, of what to do when you come across a craft or a biological beings, dead or alive. It, Linda Moulton Howells, uh, it's, it's, it's an amazing document. The manual also lists the facilities. And if you had a live alien being, the facility was OPNAC, O-P-N-A-C-B-B-S-01. If you had a live alien being. And other facilities were S4 or Blue Room at WP, which would be right, Pat. An amazing document. People should look, go on Linda Moulton Isle's website and look it up. So just remember the BBS. Now we see um, uh, uh, a very obscure document, an email from the project director in the late 80s and early 90s, a Major Thomas Mack, who was the project director of Aquarius in S2 and, and S4. And it, it shows him communicating with a, a ufologist. And I, I said, why have I seen BBS before? And I look above and there in the project director of Project Aquarius in 1999, his email address started with BBS, the capital letters BBS. I, we still don't know what the facility, the receiving facility, BBS, OPNEC BBS-1 stands for. And I, I've asked 
many military intelligence insiders. No one knows what this facility, but this was one of those occurrences where, you know, the project leader that's sending an email in 1999, coincidentally saying, you know, I do have information that could embarrass the government. And I'm sure he's not the only one. We'll continue our program right after this. I'm Jeremy Scott. Into the paranormal. If you have information that can embarrass our government or make them look like uh, liars, that they've been covering this up, the existence of UFOs and extraterrestrials, well, they might uh, go to uh, great lengths to just get rid of you or to certainly silence you. And that has happened. We've seen that uh, many times. Uh, John continue uh i had asked you about you know the origin of of the being uh where it came from when it got here and uh so please continue along those lines and victor says that the uh the uh you know so i i I wanted to let me just recap just for six seconds here so folks you know after the the video analysis the monitor analysis um finding real names, uh, bizarre, random names on this list of the men who were in the viewing gallery. You know, I, I, I was coming to the point where I, I couldn't find anybody to debunk it for me, um, other than a, a couple of egomaniac special effects people who I then said, well, then go create the bean if it's so easy and create it with 1991 technology. And, you know, everybody, of course, backs up. But I, I wasn't finding anyone to debunk this. I called the director and I and I got very familiar and, and spoke with the owner of the production company, Rocket Pictures. Both Jeff Broadstreet and Tom Coleman on record said we did not create that video. Victor came to us out of the blue, handed us this videotape, and we thought it was credible enough to put it on and make a documentary. So the, the director and the owner of the production company to this day 25 years later, there, there's no monetary gain anymore for them not telling the truth. Said, we did not create this video. This guy came off the street. Again, how can a retired biologist who didn't drive create this Hollywood elaborate hoax? So um, after, after, you know, after talking to the director and, and, the, and, and all this other information uh, with the men and, and, and the animatronic expert, um, I needed some sort of military person. I, I reached out to, to Richard Doty, who was a counterintelligence agent for Project Aquarius, what I was investigating. And, um, you know, uh, Richard Doty said two interesting things, which is all he's really said about this film. He said that I remember um, through the through the circles of in the intelligence community that director of the original documentary doing a really deep dive trying to vet out who Victor was, and as Rick Doty was telling me this, I said to myself, "Wait a minute! If this was an actor, why would the director try to investigate who this actor was? You would know who the actor is. You hired him through a, a casting agent, right?" Um, why would the director do a deep two-week dive on someone that he had hired? That, And when Doty was talking, I said, my God, I don't think even Rick Doty at the time knew that he was actually telling me a piece of information that was, you know, that was triangulating itself back on 
my God, this, this was a man that did come out of the blue and, and wasn't, a, wasn't an actor. Victor was not an actor, but we know that now, uh, of course, too. And, um, and Rick Doty said, look, you know, the, you know I, this Bob Lazar painted hangar doors and nine hangar doors and this, you know, uh, this S4 facility, you know, in the side of the mountain. Rick's like, I I've never been to S4, but I don't, there's no hangar doors that have been painted with sand, you know, at Papoose Lake. He said, but I'm telling you that that film, even though I've never seen an alien face to face, that film was at the S2 facility, the AHC. I said, what is the AHC? Well, he said, well, that's the alien housing complex. I'm like, okay. And he said that that being, um, although received uh, therapy in a hyperbaric chamber, um, was, was, was able to, to breathe oxygen, our atmosphere. And that's why you see it in a, uh, as Victor tells us, a biocontainment level two which is basically masks and, and gloves um, for the, the medical staff. And that, that being could breathe, could breathe uh, regular oxygen. And then when everyone said, oh, my God, John Stewart's being lied to by Rick Doty, who basically just simply told me the director did a deep dive and got sharp elbows in the intelligence community and that this, this was filmed at a facility called S2 Alpha, um, person reached out to us on the internet, uh, actually in a YouTube chat room, and he said, I'm Master Sergeant Michael Munoz. You've been at S4. I've been at S2. Listen to what John Stewart's telling you. S2 Alpha is real. It is where the aliens were held. And he laid out all the security designations, how to get someone onto the base, so, uh, you know, so on and so forth. And um, really backed up with what Rick Doty and my, my investigation was bearing out that this this happened not at S4, but at a facility called S2 Alpha. Stick with us. We'll continue our conversation in the next hour with John Stewart. Somewhere between the paranormal and the abnormal as we talk about all of those subjects anywhere between the paranormal and the abnormal nightly. My guest tonight is John Stewart, who's got a book coming out, Magdalena, the second Roswell crash. Also, uh, he's got some projects uh, coming up as well that he'll tell us about later on. We've been talking about this uh S2 facility. We've heard about S4, but uh, S2 is another one of these facilities uh, near Area 51 where apparently these alien beings are housed. One of these uh, ended up on this film, which circulated 
in the mid-90s. And uh, here you are, John. You've uh, literally gone on an investigation to find out, uh, well, who made it, if it was real, uh, and and who the heck Victor is. Uh, What have you been able to verify? We've also been able to verify that... uh, uh, that uh, and, and I'm jumping ahead just a little bit, but we, we for the documentary, we've got Victor down to two people. And um, I, I think I owe it to the UFO world and who have been just wonderfully gracious. And I, I hope one thing that anyone can take from um, my my talk with you today is that uh, I, I give uh, I give so much credit to first the internet literally in electronics which has helped me to to just tackle all of these issues by being able to contact people send people videos um it's the internet has has guided and helped this my investigation to a degree that's unfathomable but the people in the ufo uh the ufology world the the uh, the elder states people you know like linda howe and dr sala and greer and 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 uh, and so many other you know so many other people that have been just so uh, uh, patient and so helpful to me, and but you know more importantly it's 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 the regular people that are interested in ufology and government secrecy, who have just been for the past you know two or three years emailing me, texting me, um, you know on chat rooms you know hey John you know you're doing you're doing a great job we we got your back we believe in you. You know, thank you for your sincerity, which is all I've tried to present to this in this investigation. And you know, I've got so much stuff wrong in 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 this. I've done, I've made so many mistakes. I've got so much wrong with this investigation through the past five years. But the bottom line is, I kept plugging forward uh, despite my mistakes and my misgivings and my dim-witted head and ADD. Um, you know, I, 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 I plowed through and, um, and saw this to the, to the, to its logical con- conclusion. And, and it came to the point where I am now is I'm just looking for someone to legitimately debunk this. And just like probably why it's never legitimately happened in 25 years, no one has ever with any credibility, I want to be specific, no one with any credibility has ever come forward to say, the 1997 Victor documentary film is a fake, and this is why, and this is my proof. You know, not conjecture, not hearsay, but this is my proof. You know, my uncle built the doll. It's in his garage. My my mom did the catering uh, on set for the production. Um, you know, my uh, you know my brother was Victor on camera, and they gave him this elaborate script, and so on and so forth. No one in 25 plus years has come forward. To debunk this and i want to be particularly clear on that for all the the keyboard warriors that oh this is a hoax this is fake and 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 you know um i i can't debunk it that that's that that's the issue and if if we are to believe that it is a hoax we are to believe that this second tier production company that was you know putting out comedy golf videos created the most bizarre physiological monitor in history one of the most high-tech uh, animatronic uh, dolls ever ever invented uh, with a master free of cast and and the money in which I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole, but the money from the uh, the UPN network which it first appeared on and then the production company Strange Universe um, what didn't pay its staff for the first four episodes it had no money 
So where did he get the money to pay Rocket Pictures, not only to put this documentary on, but to, to, to have this $100,000 production, which is about where we're at as far as what it would have cost, to, you know, for all the people, the animatronics to set this all up, um, the money was just not there. And, and, and that a lot of UFO, a lot of UFO, you know, aliens or potential videos or whatever, you know, that's the biggest thing. Follow the money. Oh, did you see that alien photo still? It's fake. Well, why would somebody create a, you know, a, a five foot alien outside and, and, and never get any money for it? You know, it just does not make any sense. And, and that is applied to this video too. The, the, the money was not there to produce this video. Um, so say the, so say the experts. Did Let me this... get to one last thing. Yeah, sure. Um, very quickly, very quickly. Um, on the bottom of the video, it says DNI, Department of Naval Intelligence. Victor said that stands for slash 27. We could never figure out 27. Victor said it was a cataloging system. He was wrong. I don't know if he was lying, but he was wrong. I'm watching a Linda Moulton Howe document, uh, a documentary about the Ronald Reagan extraterrestrial briefing. Reagan was briefed about extraterrestrials in 1980. On every page of his briefing is the number 27. And I stood up in my bed and I woke up my wife and I said, my God, I think I'm on the, the, the way to find out 27. So I called back Rick Doty, the only military person that, you know, a counterintelligence agent, to just at least ask him, hey, what was 27? Doty tells me that 27 is a, is a classification, a security called Yankee White. And when you see 27 on any kind of document, video, so on and so forth, that means you cannot view this or, or disseminate the material if you do not have the Yankee White security designation. And Yankee White means that you report directly to the president of the United States or the vice president of the United States. And that is the bombshell of this video because one of the men who was deceased, and I will give his name, okay, is Vice Admiral uh, uh, Ted Schaefer. He was head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff Intelligence. He was the intelligence liaison to Colin Powell. Folks, I am giving you a bombshell here. His nickname was Ted Schaefer, Vice Admiral Ted Schaefer. Look him up on Wikipedia. And the security designation 27 had to be added because Admiral Vice Admiral Schaefer was then would have to then go brief Colin Powell. And I have proven that he was in the Oval Office with Colin Powell briefing George H. Bush, Bush, hence the designation 27. And I asked people, what a screen, if this was a hoax, would a screenwriter in Hollywood, a 23-year-old screenwriter in 1996 in Hollywood, before Linton Mullen Howell produced these Reagan documents with the 27, would that screenwriter know that the number 27 is a bizarre security umbrella designation for people that communicate directly to the president of the United States. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's a specious argument. It's ridiculous to even, to even think you, you could assume that that is possible. And that really was the bombshell that, that, was, that wrapped up this entire uh, investigation. And, and finding one of two men who completely fit, uh, uh, fit Victor's um, complete um, M.O., and and Victor is dead, and um, and he was a biologist for the government, and uh, you know he, he had a you could see this on the film you know uh, that he was not an easy man to get along with. The director of the uh, of the production said that he was a, a quote a major pain in the ass. 
Uh, you, uh, we've had FBI, uh, former FBI and police officers who are uh, lie detection experts go over the Victor documentary. And uh, they all said that he displayed a tremendous amount of stress, which is common from a whistleblower. He he displayed dark humor, common for a whistleblower, and that he had a pendactic personality. And that is uh, usually with someone who has a scientific background. They are very precise. They are very specific. And the last thing uh, that that these uh, these police officers and FBI, former FBI agents said was that... Um, was that uh, uh, that Victor used checking um, in the interviews on Art Bell and on the documentary? He counteracts and he checks and he tells interviewers when they're wrong and he wants you know the points of interest to be to be cleared up. And and liars don't do that. Liars make the they have a free flow of of conversation. They don't want any roadblocks. And and a, and a someone that is is real and telling the truth and who is has the pendactic personality wants things to be specific and they want information to be correct and and victor displayed all of those characteristics of a whistleblower and and i just uh you know again the director and the ceo of the production company said john we did not make this video this was handed to us by a retired again biologist from the government who didn't drive and um, and so when the, we, we found out the 27, I fell off my chair. I, I said, there's no way on earth that a, the screenwriter could 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 invent that if I was even trying to um, trying to, you know, uh, debunk it further. And one last thing, too, is I always was skeptical that Victor could sneak something out of S2, S4, because you're weighed in the nude when you come to work. You're weighed in the nude when you leave work. And the DIA report says that simply when the when the, the interview was over, the U.S. Air Force cameraman was escorted back to the Groom Lake photo lab by a U.S. Air Force police officer. Two copies of the film were made two days later. One copy was put in a GSA burn bag. And that is how it was snuck off of Area 51. It was like Ocean's Eleven where they let the tape out of the S-2 facility. And that was... I said, I know I'm going to debunk this because there's nothing you can you can't take anything that is they don't want taken out of S2 or S4, and that was the only thing with Victor's uh, whole um, his whole uh, uh, narrative uh, that I that I never believed. And now I found out how it was taken out. It was simply just let out with the cameraman who took it back to to the Groom Lake photo lab, and it was put in a GSA burn bag, which is the Government Services Administration. I didn't even know what that was back back then. And that's how it was then snuck out of Area 51. And then five years later, we find out when Victor retired and got a pension, he brought it to Rocket Pictures. Uh, we've only got a minute until we hit the break. Uh, you went to Congress this week. That's correct. I uh, I took my entire investigation, and I and I took it because I had no no uh, help with uh, Congressman Burchett of getting some sort of whistleblower protection because when David Gruss said we've murdered people to keep this secret, I became alarmed. So I took this investigation to seven female members of Congress, hoping that their female sensitivity, and I'm complimenting the women here, that they would say, wait a minute, we've got a 56-year-old retired, semi-retired grandfather in Chicago that needs our help. And I'm hoping that uh, they will react in some way and give me some sort of uh, legislative protection. 
All right, we'll continue our conversation. And the phone number, if you'd like to weigh in, if you're in the United States and Canada, you can dial us up at 503-506-0396. That's 503-506-0396. You can also Skype ITP51. We'll continue our program. My guest tonight is John Stewart, and I'm Jeremy Scott, somewhere between the paranormal and abnormal. Into the paranormal. I'm Jeremy Scott, somewhere between the paranormal and the abnormal. John Stewart, my guest, took this information to uh, Congress yesterday. Uh, what did you bring with you? What did you hand over? Question. I simply handed over, um, you know, the uh, retyped uh, investigation, which included uh, the DIA report that I was sent, other information that uh, I vetted and um, that I uh, found out and and uh, acquired during my five year investigation. And a uh, couple of photo stills of the of the, of the bean of the interview, and uh, and of course the names of the men that were in that viewing room, and and a brief overview of Project Aquarius, which again is the everything to do with the the con- contact with uh, extraterrestrials and their craft, and the reverse and engine reverse engineering of their craft, and the study of uh, everything to do with the an extraterrestrials uh, biology and morphology. And to whose office did you deliver this to? Okay, um, there were seven seven uh, ladies of uh, female congresswomen. Um, uh, I, they were uh, Nancy Mace, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, uh, Elon Omar, um, uh, Congressman Underwood. Uh, we uh, didn't get to Robin Kelly. Uh, she was in a the Cannon office building, the uh, a, a different office building that we just didn't have time to go to. And um, I also uh, I also hand delivered it to uh, Congressman uh, Lauren Bobart. Again, uh, I, I'm you know I, this is a high compliment to to, to women. Um, I just felt that uh, that these uh, congr- these women of uh, congressional uh, leaders in Congress who who are f- women that I thought that they would have a a sensitivity to, hey, you know, we're sending an aircraft battle group to the Middle East to protect non-American citizens. We were sending billions of dollars to Ukraine. Um, You know, we've got the border of uh, uh, Tikrit and Iraq more secure than Laredo, Texas. And we're not going to help a 56-year-old, you know, semi-retired, you know, grandfather from Chicago. No, wrong. And, um, you know, I'm very disappointed in Congressman Burchett. I've made that publicly known. I'm not starting a war with them. There's no need for that right now. But uh, I think one of these these uh, these uh, congresswomen uh, will come forward and help me. And, and, and Jeremy, I'm just looking for, you know, official recognition, um, possibly to testify so that I could hide myself and this investigation, uh, quote unquote, in public. I think that's the safest course for me. Because my emails uh, three times have been swiped off my iPhone. I've made reports to the FBI. I'm not a tinfoil hat guy. I, I just, you know, I, I've been warned about the electronic harassment. 
um, by many people. One of them, Chad Kalick, uh, who was the famous director of the, the movie, Mr. No Face. Uh, I've been warned by military intelligence insiders. Folks, I've had eight FOIA requests to the DIA and to the Pentagon. I've been told by a, uh, an agent of the National Air and Space Intelligence Center that I am on a watch list because of my FOIA request, the nature of my FOIA request, my overseas emails, and of course my investigation. Which brings me to the bombshell that I'll also give your listeners, which was in my report um, before he was instructed to ghost me by the Pentagon. This agent of the National Air and Space Intelligence Center told me uh, that I'm the, the the first civilian to ever have, you know, we've been exposed to this, that the new anacronym given to extraterrestrials by this group that runs this uh, extraterrestrial retention and interrogation program. Folks, this is the bombshell of the bombshells. I think in the past 30 years of ufology. Give it to us is quick here. Saber. Is, is saber, like a sword. S-A-B-E-R, synthetic astrobiological extraterrestrial races. All right, more on that when we come back. I'm Jeremy Scott's Into the Paranormal. Paranormal News. A radio signal said to have originated long before Earth was created has reached Earth 8 billion years later. Astronomers detected a fast radio burst that's one of the oldest, most distant and energetic ever observed. These intense millisecond bursts of radio waves with unknown origins were discovered in 2007. Hundreds have been detected since. In just a fraction of a second, the signal released as much energy as the sun does in 30 years. The source was pinpointed to a group of galaxies that are in the process of merging and forming new stars. Meanwhile, another team of researchers has discovered radio pulses that lasted only millionths of a second, much quicker than most. It was found in an FRB some three billion light years away. George Henry, Paranormal News. If you're telling us the truth, everyone... The entire American public has been lied to for decades. Yeah, there's a sophisticated uh, disinformation campaign targeting the U.S. populace, which is extremely unethical and immoral. Non-human, exotic origin, vehicles that have either landed or crashed. We have spacecraft from another species. We do. We're definitely not alone. Absolutely, the data points empirically that we're not alone, yeah. Exploring the possibilities of the subjects you've always wanted to know, and those you never knew existed until now. Into the Paranormal with Jeremy Scott. Alien expose tonight, whistleblowers stepping out of the shadows, revealing the secrets about UFOs and aliens that have remained hidden for far too long. And we have a whistleblower here tonight by the name of John Stewart. John, you gave us an acronym before the break, SABER, S-A-B-E-R. What does it mean? According to a uh, uh, an agent with a Q clearance from the National Air and Space Intelligence Center at Wright-Pat, uh, the new designation for extraterrestrials by the, the government portion of the government that runs these programs is SABER, S-A-B-E-R, 
synthetic astrobiological extraterrestrial races. And you could take that. I don't make many emphatic statements. Take that one to the bank. Um, and, I, um, you know, it's something that if you, if you ever met somebody that, you know, you thought was maybe in one of these programs and you said that to them, they'd spit up their, uh, their Starbucks latte in front of you. Like, how, how the hell did you know that? And, but uh, he claims I was the, I'm the first civilian to ever receive that information. And he, he bestowed that upon me before he was ordered to, to break contact with me. And that's another thing that I ask your listeners, Hey, you know, take my stories, you, you know, my follow-up investigation, you know, you do what you want with it. My simple question to you is this, why is everyone in the government that I've come into contact with ghosting me, running from me, uh, warning me? Why? I'm a retired automobile dealer, a, a, a failed politician from Chicago. What, what, what possible sensitivity or challenge do I have do I pose to the United States government? I've been told by the Defense Intelligence Agency FOIA department, this is my right hand to God. Your name is on our computer without a file next to it. I asked, why is that a big deal? Because you can't get on this computer unless you have a file. Somebody, I was told this by the Defense Intelligence Agency. Somebody had to have come on this computer and remove your file for this to happen. You know, why? Why is the Pentagon telling a person from Wright-Patterson, do not contact John Stewart anymore. Do not share any information with them. Why is my phone had my read but not deleted emails wiped three times? And the FBI, Google, Apple, um, AOL, no one can figure out. I hired a Russian uh, computer hacker from Chicago to try and figure it out. And he said to me in his Russian accent, there's two, pe two people... <laughs> That could have done this on your iPhone. He pointed up to the sky, not meaning aliens like God. He said, or the government, period, period. Um, you know, so why is this happening to me? And I'm not saying this to, you know, to, 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 to goose up my story and make it real, you know, the Da Vinci Code. I, you know, I've been very dry and emphatic here in my recounting of what has happened to me. And I simply ask your, your listeners who are skeptical, why? What does a 56-year-old semi-retired automobile dealer pose? What risk do I pose to the United States government? And the, the, the risk is, is that I have been read into a program called Project Aquarius, which was, you know, all things um, contact with extraterrestrials in their craft, bottom line. And, and uh, but, I, you know, I don't think that it's been the full core press against me because I've gone, I've said it on and on again. I am not an interloper. I am not a disruptor. And I really, truly want to just simply help the United States government come out of the closet in regards to the extraterrestrial phenomenon. I understand the secrecy. I really, truly do. Um, but it, it's now time that the American people deserve uh, some sort of disclosure. I'm not saying that we should find out everything because I realize that this technology is the military high ground in the 21st century. But it's time to come, come clean with the American people that, hey, we've recovered craft, we've recovered beans, we're not alone, and let's move forward. Because I really think it'll also help bring the country together. And that's all I am trying to do. I respect the government. Um, I respect the men and women in it. And I'm just trying to help them come forward. That's all. And you plan to hand this information off to uh, more members of Congress, do you? Um, 
I, I do not, unless I'm, I'm I'm asked for it, or again, unless I I am called to to testify. Um, uh, I also do want to say publicly that my congressman Brad Schneider has been very helpful to me. Um, he had uh, two of his uh, staff members on the phone with me for an hour, going over my investigation, and and they basically pointed me where to go. That's when I first went to Timber Chat. So, I, you know, as much as I condemn, you know, a Congress, uh, uh, and and they deserve a lot of the criticism. You know, they couldn't even pick a leader of the clubhouse until today. Um, I do want to acknowledge uh, Congressman Brad, Brad Schneider of of, uh, of the North Shore of Chicago for uh, for just saying, "Hey, look, this guy this guy needs our help, and I'm going to help him, and I'm going to guide him." So I do want to acknowledge him too. But if I'm asked, uh, you know, by anyone else, and um, of, of course I, you know, I, I will relay and go over my investigation with any member of Congress that that asked me to do so. And of course, uh, with that uh, uh, appearance before Congress, you would ob- obviously have to be. Uh, sworn in, which means that uh, you say that uh, what you are saying is is truthful, and that's something that you would sign up for. Oh well, of course. What what what, what part of my investigation is not truthful? I I am simply telling people exactly what happened, exactly what I was shown, and exactly what I followed up on. You know, do we ask a New York Times journalist if they're an investigative reporter if they're truthful? No. I mean, you can you can. Um, you can think that their information might be correct or incorrect, but as far as me not, uh, you know, not being truthful on what has happened and what has come forward, that's, you know, that's that's a specious argument. And I've not been secretive with this information. The names of the people in that viewing room are with Dr. Michael Sala of Exopolitics, Linda Moulton Howell, two law firms, uh, two Hollywood production companies. Um, obviously with now nine members of Congress and I made sure that I never kept this, this information secret. You know, I, I, I made sure that I sent it to people that I trusted. Um, but everything that I have said, everything that's on that piece of paper was either sent to me, uh, by an intelligence asset or uh, things that I had, uh, discovered, uh, through my investigation. And again, folks, I, I'm not an investigator professional investigator in five years did i get things wrong yes did i uh did i uh did, did i at times uh muffle uh witness statements absolutely uh was i over exuberant at times of course did i jump the gun at times absolutely i'm not a professional investigator i'm an emotional former pro wrestler that is you know making my way and feeling my way through the dark through this whole investigation but but God damn it, five years later, um, you know, I think I nailed it. Uh, but but that's very, very key because then once you uh, do commit this information on the record, it does become uh, an official part of the record, which is a, a phenomenal thing to have seen recently with the congressional uh, hearings that we've uh, had now, three, uh, and, and those Absolutely. that are to come, is that this becomes an official uh documented event within uh within the united states uh, congress uh as far as project aquarius this this alien retention and interrogation program uh would the idea be then to retain uh the aliens who uh crash uh and then to interrogate them uh my question would be about what A question. Interro- you know, I've never in- actually been asked. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah, interrogate um, them I, about first what? Of, 
Yes, great question. Um, their planet of origination, the history of the the world. Any uh, uh, can they force look into the future since they some of them are interdimensional. Um, you know what what is uh, what is the possible future timelines of of the planet? Uh, what can they tell us uh, astrobiologically or, or or about our cosmos uh, for protection of our planet for asteroids or solar radiation or solar flares? Um, you know, you would want to uh, you would want to ask them questions of, you know, what is their biology, their DNA? What, do they have a, uh, you know, do they? Uh, how do they traverse time? Um, so we could do that. You know, what planet are they from? What do they do on their planet? How is their their, their organizational society uh, set up? Uh, anything to do with biology? You know, do they have special components of their biology that help them repair, live longer? Uh, the questions the questions are are absolutely endless. I guess the biggest one is why are you here? Right? I mean, and I give the I give the example, Jeremy. I think it's a great example. It's like the Amazon in the 1800s. Did British explorers go there? Yes. Did biologists go there? Yes. Did geologists and cartographers and, and vacationers and thrill seekers go to the Amazon? Of course. I think it's the same thing with extraterrestrials. There's all sorts of reasons that we are here. And I, my ego has relented the fact that we are not on the top of the food chain anymore, that we are much like the trout in the stream or the deer in the woods and the the extraterrestrials are the you know Department of Natural Resources, and we are getting tagged and examined just like we would do a deer or a trout. Sometimes when we capture a deer and tag it, it goes well. Sometimes it doesn't. It's the same thing, I think, with abductions. Um, I don't think there's any massive nefarious reason that these beings have have traversed to our planet. I could be wrong. That's just my that's just my opinion, and I say that because they've been you know you know they seems like they've been doing this. And coming here for millennia, and, and human beings uh, occupying this planet are still here and we're thriving. In Project Aquarius, did we examine extraterrestrials biologically? Absolutely. And that's one thing that really bothers me. Stephen Greer thinks we spent almost $8 trillion, you know, examining tissue of beings and making our own little spacecrafts. And, and, and <clears throat> I'm a big social um you know a person in politics and i i just know what a trillion dollars would have done for the past 70 years in our economy everything from after school programs to you know transportation to help with single single parents and and uh and daycare and and uh and you know pharmaceutically wise and and education wise in our environment uh eight trillion dollars could have changed our country for the better and instead we used it to perform you know thousands of experiments on on extraterrestrial tissue and obviously we found interesting things with their craft and with their tissue because we see it applied in the military and i am agree with dr stephen greer i guess we would be okay with it if we were seeing it more so uh, into brought into the public realm like you know as far as energy and free energy um but that you know, I've also been told that that might collapse our economy if we don't, you know, we need to trade. I'm not going off on a, a tangent here, but folks, it, it, we need to trade in petrodollars. The, we need the world to trade in petrodollars to keep our economy afloat. And our economy stays afloat because of our military. 
okay? Because we have the strongest military in the world, and that's why we can force people to trade in the petrodollar. I'm being serious here. And I think this extraterrestrial technology has made us in such an advanced uh, military presence that that is, that is propping up our economy. The fact that we can muscle the world to trade in dollars, and that's obviously propping, propping our economy in the continuation of buying our bonds because we sell our bonds on the open market every day. The minute that no one wants to buy our bonds, our country collapses monetarily. That is a fact. And so this does transfer back, follow the money to the extraterrestrial um, situation, which means we have this technology to be the, the military powerhouse. And the military is what is keeping this country um, from not and really the world economy from not collapsing. And and again, it's it's true what the reporters say: follow the money. And I think in this in this sense, uh, it, it applies here too. All right, quickly here, uh, get, tell us the audience about your uh, the best ways to, for them to contact you. Is it probably through your YouTube channel? Jeremy, that's that's a great point. I wanted to say one thing, and I don't think anything's wrong with it, folks. The, another thing that I've tried to do with this investigation is. Don't use other people's money. Don't ask for money. Don't ask for people to like, click, and share my videos. Um, I, 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 I bet I've got about $20,000 of my own money into this investigation. And I think you know that a lot of ufologists get, get discredited because... Right, hold that they, thought. we got to take a break. Into the paranormal. today uh, to the Capitol to hand over my five-year self-funded investigation into the government's extraterrestrial interrogation and retention program. Now, I brought this to Congress almost a year ago when I was told that if we have someone from the military with a clearance, that we could go forward with your investigation because I am just a civilian. And in June, David Grush, with a Q clearance, a special agent for the government, came forward and told the American people and told Congress that the United States government has retained extraterrestrial biological beings and their craft. The same exact story that I have been telling the New York Times, the Washington Post, and Congress for over a year. My guest tonight, John Stewart, there at the U.S. Capitol this week, delivering uh, reports about Project Aquarius and about the uh, alien whistleblower Victor and the video from the mid '90s coming to light. Uh, John, again, we uh, want folks to reach out to you if they'd like to contact you. How do they do that? Yeah, like I said, I, I don't, you know, I don't. Uh, uh, I have a hunting Victor website that's been under construction for comically for six months. Again, I'm not asking for people's credit cards. Like, click and just subscribe because I just want to keep this investigation as pure as possible and, and wait till the documentary so I can present it to the present everything to the world. But people can reach out to me, and I'm very good about emailing people back. And again, folks, anything you want to tell me, any information you have, you're not going to hurt my feelings. You know, this this, this, this my investigation isn't right or wrong. It's well, let's direct it this way. You might have got this right. This is correct. This might not be wrong. You know, this is a living, breathing organism, and I want people to realize that. 
But the best way to contact me is my email. It's my full name, John, J-O-N, without the H. My middle name, Alan, A-L-A-N. And my last name, Stewart, spelled like John Stewart, the comedian, S-T-E-W-A-R-T, at AOL.com. John Allen Stewart at AOL.com. I'm very good about returning emails. Um, you know, I, I don't I like talking about that. wrestling anymore. <laughs> Yeah, and, I can attest um, to that because I needed a uh, a fill-in guest at the last moment, and I emailed John. We had been in communication about him coming on perhaps sometime this month or next month, but we hadn't set a date yet, and, of course, uh, there he was immediately getting back to me, so I can I can vouch for that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and if anybody has any information, again, again, this, this, this investigation is ongoing. It's living, breathing organism. Um, you know, please feel free to email me. We we have had people from the outside world help this investigation, like Sergeant uh, Master Sergeant Michael Munoz, who backed up Doty, who backed up the DIA report, who's been a verified uh, person uh, that's been at the uh, the Papoose Lake complexes. So, you know, please, folks, reach out to me. And, uh, yeah, you know, whether it's a walrus, whether to tell me to go jump in the lake or any information you may have or any other leads you may want to give me, I appreciate so, it. Uh, John, why are you asking for whistleblower protections? I'm asking for whistleblower protection because of the electronic harassment that I that I have incurred, uh, because of the the situations at FOIA, and because an, a special agent of the United States government told me in a text on my Signal app that the Pentagon has have as you on a watch list, and I am no longer to have any contact with you, and the fact that David Gruss says. We have murdered people to keep this this secret quiet. I think I think anybody, any rational person out there would say, I think you might want to, you know, you know, you want you might want to. I forget the term, you know, shore up your bases, and you might want to hedge your bets here. And and in military intelligence, people have told me, no, no, we don't. I mean, this was told to me by somebody from the National Air and space intelligence center we don't we, we don't what work we don't kill people anymore that was in the cold war era um and that may be true um but um i think government can can give me some sort of you know have i you know am i violating anything by some of the information that i have is this considered top secret uh, i i don't really think an internal investigative memo from the DIA is considered illegal or top secret, especially when it was transcribed. So, you know, so yeah, I just want to be a, a part of the official cohort of people that are coming forward and any kind of, any kind of legal protection, I think I should, um, I think as an American citizen, I should be benefit from. All right, John Stewart, thank you so much for coming on the program. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you to your listeners. I appreciate it. God bless America. Absolutely. Same to you as well. And we'll talk to you on All Hallows' Eve for three hours, Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern. Don't miss it. And if you've got stories, send those in into the parabnormal at gmail.com. Into the parabnormal at gmail.com. Good night and God bless. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? 
Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. 